誰がカンプラクターですだいぶいいよ。はい、ウェルカム。ウェルカム。Song we're going to discuss today, Two Minutes to oh, Midnight.、Yeah. What a good production. There that's, we go. This is such a good production. I think that song sticks out on Power Slave, which in general sounds amazing. But Two Minutes,、uh, I think, is one of the best produced hard rock songs of all time. It just, it's, so, it's, so, it's one of those songs that is so, it's so good, it's so brilliant in the sense that I, but I felt sometimes it's, it's, it seems so, it's like certain songs I kind of take for granted. Like, I for, for granted, I forget that they. Exist and then I sort of suddenly, like, I before Legacy, Legacy the Beast tour came to Stockholm, I didn't listen to that particular song in a while. And then I just sat、mm. there and you know, I was listening to it, and I, 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 I had to sit down and I was like, wow, like, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is really fucking good. Yeah, and just not that I, you know, I've it's just that I think it's one of those songs I've heard so many times that when I listen to Maiden, a lot of times I've probably focused on uh other songs more than sure. that, but it's such a Brilliant, perfect song. Yeah, and I mean, to get the negativity out of it, when I was younger, I thought it was a little bit of a draggy song. And、mm-hmm. it just drags on, you know, with killers, we know that this. And when it comes for the third time, I, I usually felt like this is becoming a little bit snoozy. Yeah. But、uh, I cannot agree with my past self on that no, one. No, I think it's a great composition, really cool composition. And I mean, it's one of those rockers. Uh, one of Maiden's maybe first, like、uh, almost complete hard rocker. Yeah. We talked about、uh, in the last episode, we talked about the, the metalish sound of 22 Acacia Avenue.、Yep. Uh, I think this song is not that metal. No. It goes very much towards hard rock, which, you know, it's dear to Maiden. And I think Maiden are hard rockers. They're not really metalheads、no. coming up, you know,、no. listening to UFO,、uh, early Scorpions, and,、uh, and Deep Purple, obviously, like huge for Maiden. So they're a hard rock band. And here you can hear a little bit of that. Hard rocking flavor in the song、uh, in Two Minutes to Midnight. And with that production, especially the drum sound. It's a very, it's a very drum wise, one of the best sounding. Yeah.、Uh, and I always felt in general with Power Slave, I want to maybe run this by you and see if you agree that it has this kind of athletic sound to me. Like it sounds like there's such、yeah. peak performance. Oh, guys, yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they're running a 10K in the morning. But that's like <laughs> if you even look like the. the、uh, um, When, when the, it came around to do the Live After Death album, that even、yeah. the, you know, they're, they're at the top of their game that way. And they're, you know, they're, I, I, I think they sound better now. Yeah, I think so too. But they were, you know, they were equivalent of like an athlete being at the top of their game when they're winning all the, you know, like,、uh, like I, I, I'm not very big into sports these days, but like, for instance, there was a guy in the,、uh, I don't know if I, if, you, if I say the name Tom Brady, you know who that is? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So that kind of level of like,、yeah. wow, like they're there, there's no one better at that、yeah. point. Now, that might mean, I guess,、uh, the comparisons don't really. 
I think I know him from South Park. Oh, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Spice Melange. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they want to extract his feces. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's some kind of power drug. Anyway. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, two uh, minutes uh, to midnight. The, the, the feeling, and it's also maybe connected to the band photos of the era, when they're, you know, they're at the Bahamas, yeah. uh, like tanned, and they just fit, yeah. just in shape. And the whole album to me has this sunshine vibe to it. Oh yeah, it's, it's a good summer album. It's the it's the it's the warm and dry album. Uh, I mean, obviously it's a the Egyptian theme, yeah. so uh, it it makes sense to to get that impression. But even the sound for me is so so warm and slightly dry. It's not wet. No, uh, like uh, it's much more wet on the two albums uh, subsequently released. Uh, yeah. This one is fairly dry, but so powerful and uh, just a strong production and um, the song like Two Minutes to Midnight, it is one of those staples, uh, kind of, as you said, you take it for granted. Yeah, because you said. And maybe you're thinking like, I don't want it in the set list. But then as you get into the song, yeah. uh, as a kind of when it breaks down also, which we'll get to, that kind of differentiates it from a normal rocker. It's a very good um, second song on a set list kind of deal. That's usually where they put it. Yeah, and you can just finish the first song, no banter, just two minutes to midnight. If I recall, let yeah. me think. Where they? I'm gonna check just because I don't remember where, where they put it in the legacy. Uh, I remember actually, third. Third. All right, yeah, where you go. Because they did that fun little thing, but by, by putting two openers as openers. Oh, they had yeah, because that's when they did uh, Aces High and then uh, where, where it goes there. there. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but funnily enough, the one song I would have taken off that that playlist if I had to just knock one. And, you know, if I couldn't do it to songs that they have to play, like Fear of the Dark mm-hmm. or Number of the Beasts, I would have actually taken away Aces High and just go straight into Where Eagles There. That could have cool. Because Aces High, for me, we'll get into that probably next episode, if yeah. my alphabet is correct. Uh, that right. song is as great as it is, as awesome as it is. I don't think they do it uh, so good live. No, it's, it's uh, I mean, I think that, uh, okay, so as we are recording this a few days ago, they released the live version from this tour. Um... And yeah, it, it's kind of, I think it's also, it's a, I mean, I, I defy any band to fucking pull that song off at yeah. this point, but they can't really do it either. Yeah, no, I actually, I, I played with a cover band and we did that song. Yeah. We couldn't use our original singer on that one. We had to bring in a guy with a higher register for yeah. that particular song. Because it's fucking impossible to sing. It's anyway. very high, even in the verse, because it modulates up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that next What was that? So let's, let's, yeah, let's focus at, on two, two minutes to midnight. Now the uh, I read something that was kind of concerning. So the, their their title refers to the the doomsday clock, yeah. which is the uh, the device used to, or I guess a metaphorical clock, or actually a physical clock, I guess, to uh, gauging how close we are to uh, you know nuclear war, exactly, or some kind of mass extinction of yeah. sorts. Uh, yeah. So uh, it was so essentially at midnight is when. You know, shit, shit goes down. That's not good. Yeah. So during the, this had to do with the Cold War and that kind of stuff. And people, so it was around the, you know, it was on the, uh, or that, that period, I guess. Yeah. So I brought the seven inch to the studio. Of course, you listeners can't see it, no, but, but I can uh, take a picture of it. it has its own artwork, this song. Yeah. So uh, when a song has its own artwork, obviously we're going to have to talk about the artwork. Yeah. And, um, this particular one is in my absolute favorite made in artworks. I see it again. It's very fucking cool. That's I very think. cool. Yeah, and it's at uh, least Eddie is not uh, in his kind of crazy no. mode. He's not like a homicidal maniac or no. tied up in a mad rest cell. No. Uh, here but, he's but kind of serious, pointing at you. But also, this made uh, that that version of Eddie kind of resembles the uh, matter life and death Eddie kind of in his outfit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you have this huge uh, mushroom cloud in the yeah, background, cool. a few flags, and Eddie with his uh, rifle. Just very serious, Eddie, pointing at you and like maybe calling you out to war. Yeah, great illustration by Derek Riggs. Uh, as a small side note, do you think 
is kind of this airbrush style. It's not done much anymore, is no, it? No, it's not. And but it's he, hard to make it look good. He he he. Uh, there's. I think that even. I mean, not even fucking Maiden are doing it <laughs> these days. No. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's something that he did. Yeah, that you don't really see that anymore. That's that's, yeah. that's true. But what I, before I forget, I just want to point out that I read, I checked, and I was kind of depressing. The Doomsday Clock currently is yeah. that. Is that uh, it's at one and a half minutes to midnight? Yeah, I heard that discussion in Talking Maiden actually, <laughs> but they said that this is maybe like uh, adapted to 2020 in a way mm. that some risks are overhyped in that sense. That, that could be uh, yeah. that maybe it was more more dangerous during the Cold War. Yeah, uh, because they include I forgot what they include, like what the measures are, but some of them were maybe not that threatening, no. but maybe like kind of seen today as a big problem. But I mean, also, yeah, I think that also it's, it's worth pointing out, I'm assuming everyone understands this, but if you don't, it's not like it magically turns and shows how dangerous things are. Someone sets it when they Someone just seem it's, it. it's, that's dangerous. So, you know. It's an interpretation of, yeah. of, of, so of it's, a lot of facts. So it might not necessarily be, oh my God, we're going to die. Yeah, but it just already say one and a half minutes now? Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> one and a half minutes to midnight. midnight. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a half. To, yeah, yeah. it's not the same. On the sleeve also, there's a great band photo on the back yeah. uh, with the, the guys, and apparently it was one of the most hastefully done, Yeah, very quickly done, just uh, improvised, and they have this kind of uh, maiden in, in uh, jeans and uh, bare chest with this... Um, execution of blindfolds. Execution of blindfolds. And I think it's my favorite made in band photo, actually. I think it's a, it's a very cool one. Now, if I recall, that also became like a... That photo session sort of was, you know, very, that, that particular photo is very much you know, beloved in the, and a lot of bands, other bands have tried to sort of mimic that kind of thing in some, in some degree. I, I remember, maybe it's not this photo, but some, some photo from that area, era, because it's Ross... Uh, yeah. It's Ross... Uh, what's his name? Ross Halfin. Yeah, he did that one too, right? Yeah, he toured with him. Yeah. That's cool in itself. That's yeah. like a, a topic in itself that they have a touring photographer. Yeah, that's cool. And they, uh, they famously like they they were pressured to send in the the, the reels. Is that is it reels? Yes, reels. Yeah, reels. Yeah, they were pressured to send them in. So sometimes they hadn't finished it, and they photographed uh, gaping anuses yeah. of each other. Yeah, <laughs> and sent that in and yeah. cocks. And yeah. yeah, it's very like that's boys. Yeah, as Steve said, boys will be boys. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Two Minutes of Midnight, second song on Power Slave. Uh, what a good second song. It's a great second song. And it's like, you've already been kind of hit in the face with Aces High. Yeah. And then they take down tempo a little bit, yeah. but not that much. No. And still, it's up-tempo and a great riff. I think Steve started writing longer stuff. Song. As he started to do that, I, t- I started to, you know, get into more... Rock and roll type stuff, two minutes and all that. Soft spoken guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he's going to do an audio version book of his. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fishing book. Yeah. So, again, you had the two sides was interesting. And Steve, you know, he, he think he saw that and he, you know, he, gave, he gave me my bit of creative room, which I was, you know, which, was, uh, which I needed. Well, that's interesting that it adds, which I needed at the end there. Yeah. Uh, because that may have been like a, a huge reason for him leaving the band as well. Mm. That he really needed to, like, he had this direction in his mind, which was not necessarily aligned with Steve's direction no. of the band. And here he did get the room to, to write this song. Because, yeah, and that's, I think that you have, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's probably, because if I recall when it sort of happened, when he eventually left, he wanted to go more in the direction they were going on during Seventh Sun, correct? And then yeah, a bit more AOR, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, 
Steve, and they they wanted to do the more back to basics back kind to of basics. deal. Not to, but it was interesting because you listen to stuff that he does. He's done outside of Maiden. It's been f- way more straightforward than they were doing on Seven Sons. Yeah, but I think it was more of a production schism there, oh, yeah. rather than making straight riffs because he is making arguably more straight rock songs than Harris ever oh, yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. But uh, production-wise, he wanted this polished, you know, kind of uh, Matt Lane. Yeah. I think that's his name. He did Le- Left Bird. Oh, yeah, right, sure, yeah. Uh, Matt Lang. Matt Lang, that's the name. And uh, he uh, he wanted that kind of lush sound. And, I mean, I I agree with him, but I also agree with Steve. So it's a tough one. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's uh, definitely. Um, I, w- I wonder if uh, what would have happened... If Adrian got his way of how things would sound, what would have today? What would have happened if he'd stay, you know? Because I briefly checked out ASAP. Yeah, I did that too, yeah. And it's not that good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love it's Adrian, so it's hard to say this. And, I mean, his singing voice is, is okay. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He did, a, he did a... Uh, um, he, he, sang, he sings on one of the B, one B-side called Reach Out, which would have been on a... Yeah. That'd be on a... Wasted Years. Yeah. yeah. I recently picked that up, actually, the, yeah. the, the 12... In single, I paid a little bit more than you should for a single, but uh, right. I had to get it. You know, it's wasted years, man. It's I, get, I, I get that, yeah. Time machine on the front, and interesting little thing there that maybe should have been saved for wasted years, but that's years from now, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that there's a time machine on the front. It says current year 1986, target year 2050, and then it says um, no, not current year, year of origin 86. All right, and then it says current year 99. Uh-huh. That's when he rejoined Maiden. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's a foreshadowing. That. That's, yeah. that's really cool. It says 99 on there, and that's when he rejoined. And oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have a lot of, to say about that song and the concept oh, yeah. of it, so... Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, right there. we'll get there. Now, um, let's see. You have, we have, I have quite a few clips here. <laughs> yeah, we've got quite a few clips. So maybe the next one in the, in the making of story, then. All right, here the we second. go. Second one, here we go. Two minutes to midnight. I wrote the lyrics. It's a song about the experience of war and about the romance of it and the horror of it and the two things together and the fact that, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're repelled and fascinated by it. I, I play a lot when I'm on the road, you know, before gigs, well, I used to always, always have an amp set up, in a, you know, off the dressing room, the shower, or whatever, you know. And quite often I'll be playing and Bruce would come and say, oh, you know, what was that you just played there? You know, things like a real off-the-cuff kind of things and he'd start singing on the spot. And so that's also interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you listen to that riff, it really sounds like a warm-up riff. Yeah. And you just you plug your guitar in, you want to get your fingers warm, and tang 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 Sometimes that's all the best stuff, you know. Yeah, I think so. And that riff is, is completely not original. Uh, I think uh, it got some criticism for being lifted off Janik's uh, uh, old band, uh, White Spirit. Uh-huh. They have a song called Sheeta or something like that, or maybe, no, Midnight something. All right. Midnight Prowler or something like that. And it, it is kind of the same riff, but then uh, ag- <laughs> again, uh, Talking Maiden, uh, they did the, this reel with 10 riffs that are that riff. So, I mean, it's kind of this stock yeah, riff yeah, that yeah. you it's can it's just... It's not the... It's a stock riff, but I think uh, the way he plays it, it just kind of, you know, introduces the song. Yeah. And me as a songwriter, I believe that a song shouldn't really reveal itself completely too soon. No. Depending on what kind of song it is. But this is more of a... Op- it opens up for you. So yeah. you kind of walk into this world. And as you heard there, Bruce addressing the lyrics, they are interesting too. The fact that they have this dichotomy of being a tribute to war as well as a yeah. uh, dystopy of war, you know. So you've got both the romantic side of it and the dystopian side. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think that, that which is what makes it interesting. A lot of, you know, but the, uh, I think that, um, 
like I said, the riff is not the most, you know, it's not the most groundbreaking. It's thing. generic, yeah. Yeah, and that's fine because it's okay. That's, 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 I mean, I, I've hung out with a lot of uh, guitar players through my, you know, through the years and there's a certain kind of guitar player, usually there's very, very, very technical guys who, who kind of, you know, you know, sneer at kind of st- two simple things and kind of want it to be, you know, these, you know, everything has to be these huge, big, innovative pieces. But there has to be, I mean, that's fun too, but there's got to be a room, there's got to be room for just a straight up fucking rock song. Yeah. That's not the most, doesn't have to be original, it has to be good. That's all it's got to be. Yeah, as Adrian said, he was happy that he got the room for this and he needed it. Yeah. So he, he's a guy that needs to express himself somehow yeah. when uh, it's just a integral part of Maiden, I yeah. think. Like uh, for many, it's the favorite guitarist, me included. I'd say so, yeah, for me too. I mean, I think that, uh, I, I, you know, usually when, depending on moods, I guess, but uh, you know, people talk about, you know, you talk about your, your various influences or whatnot, I would usually list them both as like a single unit, just Dave and Adrian. Yeah, um, that's true. And they sometimes when they appeared on lists in rock magazines. They're together. They're together, which is, is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, n- it's never all three of them, <laughs> unfortunately. No, <laughs> it's not. And I do love Yannick too. I, I, do, I do too, and I, think, I don't think he, I think he gets a little bit too much, I think there's a necessary hate for him too much yeah it's, you know, especially get these people who you see the older fans like there's uh, there's uh, you know tend to have yeah like uh, Fenrir is in Dark Throne oh he really still doesn't know his name and he Iron Maiden is his favorite band at least he says it's the most important metal band ever and it's yeah. his favorite genre is heavy metal alright but he's like yeah that guy that looks like Eddie I, I mean, I, my theory is I'm assuming he can't have, he must know him by now yeah maybe it's attitude yeah I just made a dick about it but <laughs> yeah still though shout out to Fenris Cool yeah, guy. Sure, yeah, he's like a professor in heavy metal. He knows this stuff. Yeah. Well, then he should know your next name. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. I realize now. <laughs> so, two minutes to midnight is Smith Dickinson. So Dickinson wrote the lyrics and the vocal arrangements. Those two guys together have written some really badass. Because one of my, I'm again, this is not for quite a while, but on the other, the previous album, Peace of Mind, you had, you know, you had uh, uh, Flight of Icarus, which is one of theirs they did together. Yeah. And they obviously work very well. You they know. do, they do. They have some kind of, I think they really like each other too because Bruce always talking about Adrian, he brought him into his solo band mm. which was kind of the origin of that reunion happening the way it did happen. Yeah, yeah. Maybe otherwise it would have been just Dickinson. Yeah. I think, but I think he really insisted on bringing Smith back. Yeah. And Harris was happy to, uh, but then Smith was questioning the yeah. the three guitar lineup, like he said, Leonard Maiden. Nah. You know. Is this going to work, really? And Steve was insisting on it. It is going to work, and it does work. Well, also, I recall that he said, which is, you know, because I think that Steve puts a, a big, you know, he loyalty and, you know, is very big on it for him, I think. So he did tell Yannick that if it doesn't work, you know, he's going to be the one who's going to stay. Yeah, which I think is fair. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Fine. Even being a, a huge fanboy of Adrian, yeah, I think that's the, that's the right way to deal with it. And, yeah. uh, I mean, Early Maiden, uh, which we'll get into in some songs, had a very rough treatment of of the lineup, you know, very much like all eyes forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we'll get into that with Clive Burr later. Uh, the way he was fired was maybe not the nicest way, the most it. nice or legit way to do it. And if we look at the lyrics here uh, for Two Minutes to Midnight, yeah. uh, you have some kill for gain or shoot to main, maim, we don't need a reason. Golden Goose is on the loose, never out of season. So it's this kind of bringing up war as a... So, uh, royal hunt or yeah, something, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. getting in for it. And then the killer's breed or the demon seed, the glamour, the fortune, the pain, go to war again, blood is freedom uh, slain. Yeah. Uh, uh, stain, even. Don't you pray for my soul anymore. So it has this kind of 
you know, going off to war yeah. vibe, which is integral in Maiden, isn't it? They've done that a few times. Yeah, yeah and they can. <laughs> yeah, it works for they them. They do. They do very well. When I write lyrics, I stay off the topic of war because it's so common in metal. Yeah, I think it's very, it's very, very, very common. Oh, I, I, I'm not. I don't do lyrics. I used to try when I was young. No, I just mm. focus on using music and then leave lyrics off to someone else. Yeah. So you play this song on guitar as well? I played it. Yeah, I, I mean, thought it. Uh, what you thought it too? too. Yeah, I've, I've taught it to people too a long yeah. time ago, but but it, it just just the main riff because that's a very kind of it's you know yeah, um, and it's also very fun to play. So. Yeah, it is. I also had guitar students actually. I didn't know that we both did. Yeah, that yeah, before. but I haven't done it in a while. But I, me I neither, to, me neither. Yeah, but it's it's a good song to play and uh, uh, with the you think about the guitars right when you hear this song. I'm yeah. all about the guitars, but I do have a clip where you can listen to Nico and Steve jamming together. Listen to this. Oh, so they just you just the, yeah. the guitars are removed. Yeah. Very tight. Oh, oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah, sound great together, right? And I have a feeling that when Steve doesn't write the song, he really tries to excel at the bass. Very good groove. Oh yeah. Very natural. You can hear that it's not edited at all. And again, Nico on this album. Top shape. Steve's bass playing on that song. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. Also live when they go into the outro, yeah. uh, the midnight, all night yeah. kind of thing. He does some almost solo-ish stuff. Great on En Vivo, for example. You can check that out. That's really cool. Now, I think it's funny because a lot of times what people do, it's really noise the fuck out of me, is when, they, when someone posts like on YouTube, there is a isolated bass track for I can't remember which song and you got these fucking kids going, oh, it's, you know, so it's, you know, so it's not tight at all. Like, yeah, but he's not playing the click track he's playing with yeah. the other band so he's following what they're doing they're your units this is not fucking you know you know pro tools fucking it's not it, at all it, no. they're just doing it like you you know they, they play they playing the whole thing yeah, as far as i know they rarely use click tracks at all yeah no but i mean yeah. so they're playing it with each other yeah exactly and you take it out of context people say that oh it sounds sloppy yeah like but cliff not. burton's bass lines everyone's like yeah he's super sloppy but it's not because no. he's, he's relative to other instruments yeah but that's why when you listen to bass you should have the drums with it because the bass standalone always sounds kind of iffy. Yeah. So it's always like, uh, what's going on? You know? but it's, it's, because it's not supposed to exist on a drum, it's supposed to exist in the context of the song. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of what I think is stupid people, you know. But, yeah. The groove and the tightness is created oh, by God. everything kind of switching all the time. You yeah. know, the one is not always on the exact one. No. Some fills get longer, some get shorter. And, yeah. uh, but when you hear that intro, that's tight. Let me do, do that one more time. So that, just that little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. Where 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 do you find this? Did you do it yourself? YouTube. Yeah, uh, you can't do that yourself. Not really. No. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's really good. And the way they hit it, and the, even the, how the toms are tuned, they like they kind of sound in tune with the bass. Yeah, with the, with the key of the song. That, but that's, that's it. Makes it such a you know. Yeah. 
iconic fucking you know yeah it's it's great that was that was really cool I had not heard that before so oh, that's cool yeah, yeah it's cool to bring something new and yeah. I think um, with the with this song again like, you you really focus on the guitars and the vocals yeah for a good reason but uh, if you look at it if you listen to it more and it kind of you know forget about your first impression mm-hmm. it's a bit of depth to it I think musically that is. Yeah, including also the breakdown uh, that I quickly addressed before. Yeah, that d- that kind of elevates it from a normal rocker into this epic rocker. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, there's a clip with only guitars. And all right, I got that. It's, I promise him it's called guitars. Yeah. Wait, there's two ones called guitars. Um, the one is mine, I guess. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Last one. All right, here we go. Yeah. So here you clearly hear this riff too. That is a little bit bird in the song. kind of tells the you can hear the vocals through the riff a lot of distortion too oh yeah yeah but also if you listen to his to adrian nowadays his sound is pretty much the same it's like yeah, yeah. here comes dave sounds very dave How comes bigger? Yeah, it still sounds like this. You're right. His tone is very good. Very good tone. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think because yeah, the um, one kind of remembers this as a sort of straightforward, you know, all out rocker, but it has a lot of dynamics yeah. and it's going up and down and all kinds of stuff. This is yeah, a beautiful part. Really. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as in twenty two, they have the build up again. And then this little heroic. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's such a. It, it's nice hearing it deconstructed because you appreciate the small, the, the, the bits, the bits more when you sort of heard them. Yeah, on its own like it's that. quite a saturated song. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a lot going on there. Yeah, it also reminds me how it makes me want to. I've been, I've been dangerously close a few times to buying uh, Adrian's signature model because it's. I have I have one, but it's made in India. It's a cheap one. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna try and set it up so it's nicer, but it's the white one. Oh yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah, that's yeah. The, those are usually available for. Is, it, is that the one for like five thousand? Yeah, around that. Yeah, yeah. I traded it for another guitar. It's a good guitar, but I mean, you would have liked to have the U.S. version that is maybe three times as expensive or so. Yeah. yeah but I think I, with some good setup, I can make it make it sound good. And I mean, I had to have an Adrian guitar. I like yeah. Strats too. So, I've been also interested in getting because I know, I know that Dave has a signature model, mm. and that one's a little pricier. But that one I think is out of the box a lot. More ready to go. It's Fender, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- F- Fender with a. The, the only thing is, I I don't really nowadays really uh, 
have any interest in interest in having a Floyd Floyd Rose on? And it's a bit of a pain. Yeah. Yeah, his his has one. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain. He yeah. always had one. Also in in the early eighties, yeah. he was kind of standing out from other strat strat players. Yeah, but he installed this this heavy floating tram system, oh. and you can hear it in that solo that we just heard. Mm. Wow, wow, and all that stuff, you know. So. I think for me, when it, before it was when I was younger, I wanted to sound like different people more than I want to do now. Now I want to figure out what I'm supposed to sound like more. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, back in the day, I wanted to buy. I was, you know, my first guitar I really wanted to get was like an Explorer because I was, you know, one of the Hetfield. Games. Yeah, of course, James Hetfield. Yeah. And then I was into some of the Maiden stuff, and then I became very fascinated with a band called Free Kitchen. Yeah, uh, great I, band. Yeah, and I, I wanted to get with his yeah, signature model. And, uh, now I'm not really interested in that. I want to f- figure out something that's going to work for me. Um, so that's why why I haven't, you know, bought the the Adrian. Guitar. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I'm kind of against signature guitars, but that yeah. one looks like a standard issue somewhat. It's yeah, just it's a clean cool. looking, yeah. like super strats, yeah. like a SoCal, you know, Southern California yeah. style, and it's a good guitar and. It has a trem, but it's not going both ways. Oh, that's good. It's like old school trem, oh, yeah. so it's easier to set up and, and make it sound good. Yeah, and also you know, because again, if you if you know, I, I hate changing strings. I don't think anyone likes changing strings. No, no. If they do, they're sick. <laughs> I do it more now because I've been playing a lot lately, and they break. Yeah, you know, but but, uh, but uh, with a fucking Floyd Rose, if you break a string, you're oh, you, yeah, you, you, you fucking have to take take a week off and work just to it can't retune it. And no. if you set it up again, maybe it's off now, like off axis. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, worth it. I mean, like no, pain. no, I mean no, it's it's not. But Dave's guitar, there yeah, that would have been pretty cool to have. And I I have a Strat, but it's more like a David Gilmore. All right, type strat, uh, Japanese also. So does Yannick have a signature model? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. No, he has this. He plays a lot on his old Fender that was gifted to him by Ian Gillen yeah. uh, when he played with him. And uh, you know, with the when you can see the wood, yeah, uh, where his arm is at. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a pretty cool one. And I think Yannick, uh, he kind of took over this song. Speaking of Yannick, because this is one of the Smith songs that they did play when he was out of the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe because it's such a staple, yeah, such yeah. a hit. But clearly, not the best choice for Blaze. No, um, it doesn't fit. No, it doesn't. But he, I don't. It'd be interesting to hear him hear him try to do it these days because I think it might sound better. Yeah, I think so too. But then again, there are other Adrian tunes that he sings really well. Wasted Years being one. All right. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think Steve did some mistakes there when when putting uh, together the set list with Blaze and that. Well, they, yeah, and I've heard I've heard a version of the Trooper that's horrible. Yeah, he can't even time it. You know, even on the timing, he's he's out. He's he's not following it. Not but it's really. not an easy song to sing. That's sort of the no. It's hard. It's hard because if it was easy, everyone could do it. Everyone would fucking do it in the end. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, let's see. I got a f- oops. Um, part three, maybe on the part three. Yeah. On the writing off. All right. Here we go. But the video we we did for it, these guys came in with this sort of high concept, and there was this guy at a computer. Which in, in, back in the day when this was made, were, they were the great unknown. You know, the computer, everything was they're controlling it by computers. You know, you know, and he had glasses. You could see his reflection in the screen. We thought, oh god, that looks modern. They came with all these Polaroids of the locations, and one of the locations for the mercenaries is a shot of them, and they're all having a discussion. Um, in this uh, dingy, grotty flat. The guy goes, he goes, oh, he's in, we've got this fantastic, dingy, grotty flat in this horrible, slimy East End tenement on the Isle of Dogs. You know, it's all boarded up and there's cat piss everywhere and it's just really foul and and it's just perfect. Here it is, and this is where they'll be. And I looked in it and I went, that's Roffy House on the Isle of Dogs. 
I used to live there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could open up a small discussion about this video, actually. Because I don't know what you think about made-in videos, uh, but they're, they're not great, right? No, there's some of them that are kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, this not being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is one of my favorite uh, made-in videos, but it used to not be. I felt it was super cheesy when I was young. I, I think I've just sort of not revisited them in a while. I mean, the, one, the ones I do revisit are the ones I know I like. Like, for instance, I like the Holy Smoke video. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. I don't like... Uh, I kind of like the... Uh, um, Speed of Light video is kind of fun. It's fun. It's fun. I like the video game concept there. And I think uh, even the earlier videos that are not really proper with videos, like Trooper and mm. Number of the Beast, uh, they're, they're okay to me, but it's definitely not a video band. Well, I mean, I think it was, I think they brought it up. There. I know they brought it up in Maiden Paul done at some point. And I, I think, yeah. Uh, but there was like, there's one, there's a certain, there's like two or three videos that looked like they were filmed the same afternoon in the same place, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Maiden Podden did a great uh, oh, run-through yeah. on this video on Two Minutes to Midnight, yeah. where they kind of completely broke down the concept, like who is the, who are the guys with the Eye of Horus, yeah. who yeah. are the other guys yeah, that yeah. they're fighting, why, why are the mercenaries doing this job, and so yeah. forth. And well, I, I remember one of my favorite, and if you speak Swedish, check these guys out. I uh, want we'll link to their to them at some point. Made important, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But um, but they did a. It was one of the funniest things I ever heard when they discussed uh, the Angel and the Gambler video. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that video is. But ugly. I, it, it's it's also I, it can't have been. I don't remember, but I, I can't imagine that would have been cool back then either. <laughs> no, not really, not really, man. And it's, it's just uh, two minutes. Two minutes is a fun video to see now, more so now than before, uh, because it has this concept, this Cold War concept mm. going on, and uh, a little bit of mystique with the. Uh, bringing in the power slave concept into it and uh, I think it's a pretty cool video now being like uh, looking at it like if you would look at an 80s action movie yeah uh, you ha you look at it with this kind of nostalgia it, it needed a few years to, yeah I think to, so to rest before when I saw it in the 90s on this uh, uh, 98 version of power slave they, oh, yeah, they, they, they put the videos in yeah. there I thought it was the ugliest thing I've ever seen <laughs> you know and it's it has some really strange acting when well, they're filming a face up close, and yeah. he's making these overly overt expressions of anger. It's like this is, yeah, it's ugly. I recall because yeah, all the '98 versions had the music videos too. That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, put them in your CD-ROM yeah. on your on and your. High, and the, the little icon was little Eddie. Yeah, yeah, and very low resolution, I believe, yeah. like oh, 480 maximum. Oh, definitely not. Really <laughs> yeah. great. But I remember what happened was a lot of times, which it was probably smart in there. I mean, I don't didn't do that much good, maybe, but having that, there was a lot of people. This was back when people used to, you know, rip. MP3s and rip CDs, yeah. and that sometimes uh, having that on the disc would mean that the last track couldn't be ripped for a lot of people. Oh yeah, it was some kind of yeah block there. Yeah, yeah but it, you just because I don't know what the deal was. I don't think it was intentional, but because then they would have done the whole album, it couldn't be ripped. But that that particular one uh, of a friend of mine who uh, m multiple Maiden albums didn't get the last track because mm. he uh, that, because yeah for some reason they all had the CD-ROM on. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I used to mean the disc back in those days too. Actually, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. this was was pretty high quality for for the time, uh, but it's a lost format now. Like, yeah, I, I assume the kids don't even know it ever existed. Probably not. It's like in the in the leagues with Laserdisc. Well, I mean, one of our uh, uh, friends in common, Carl Urdazon, uh, yeah. bartender Loch Ness, he's a big Laserdisc guy. He is. Yeah, oh, yeah I would imagine that. Yeah, yeah. so we, I've, you know, yeah, that's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah he's a good, but it's, it's a weird. It's because I mean, for, like if you're listening on vinyl, you can say that it sounds better. It's not. Does even he's aware it doesn't look better on Laserdisc. Oh, okay, okay. It just it's a, it's a nostalgia. Yeah, I, I mean, actually, vinyl technically sounds worse. Yeah. But uh, I do believe, at least uh, as far as I'm, like the way I'm versed and uh, my knowledge in sound, it sounds wor worse technically, but uh, yeah. aesthetically, 
to me it sounds better. Like well, I, yeah, yeah. I addressed with, about peace of mind, for example, that yes. uh, you have this compression in the mid. And I thought about uh, two minutes before we leave that song, uh, we could discuss uh, the live versions of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Do you have a favorite or? Well, I mean, something comes to mind. Yeah, the one that, the one that comes to mind uh, right at the top of the, uh, my head is the Rock and Rio version. I really liked. Mm. That's yeah. when Janik still played the intro yeah, as well. Yeah. Because uh, they felt that Adrian played it too slowly. All right. Uh, that, oh, that's that's why they did it. Yeah. Which oh, wow, is kind know. of a slap in the face to Adrian. It's his song, and it's like, no, no, Janik is going to introduce it. Well, I mean, I guess the yeah, yeah, but I also I'm assuming that they, I, I don't see. I this is my impression of the three of them. I don't think there's very many big egos among those three. I think they're pretty good at splitting. That's it up. true. That's true. Like for instance, when they did the uh, early days tour, they had to you know because otherwise, if, it, if they're if they're just playing the solos they originally played, then Yannick wouldn't have played any solos in the entire tour because there none of the songs were ones he would play yeah. played on. Uh, but yeah, that's a cool version. But I think that's also because I love that album, Rock and Rio, so much. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. And it's really like, it's a kind of emotional album in a way, or a DVD or whatever you want to call it, right. because it's really like made and coming back. And maybe realizing in front of those quarter millions of people mm-hmm. and that, in fact, this is still working. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. This is working maybe better than ever. Yeah, arguably. I mean, that's, that's that. There's that. That's a great version. I think that the uh, version um, on... Uh, Flight 666 was pretty good. Yeah, I like that one too a lot. And En Vivo, I addressed, is a great version too. I yep. mean, there's so many of it. There's I mean, I, yeah, I think I think actually if I could just pick my least favorite one, I I don't know. Uh, did they do them on? Uh, did they do it on the Donington and the li- real live? Because uh, none of those three were sound really. I, those are three records I don't think sound very good. No, they don't. I'm not a big fan of those. Maybe they played in Donington. I'm not sure now because I, I rarely listen to those. I think from all major releases. Are even? Are even or does Donington up on Spotify? Even? Uh, it should be. It should be right. I mean, I'm just. I'm just curious. I'm gonna check. But, um, but yeah, there's so many versions of it. I'd like to do maybe again. Captain Hindsight might do a like a, a version where I or I cut from from year to year. Yeah. So you can hear it being performed in '85, and then all the way up until now. That'd be cool. Two Shadow bloody treason. Uh, and thank you for the battle of blood, for the love of 
It's a, it, it was on. It, it, Donatan is on there. Yeah. I can't imagine that's very good. Probably not, and it, not even the live after death version. I don't think it had fully manifested in no. in the band yet. And uh, Bruce is uh, worn out on that album. Yeah. Like, and he didn't have any singing technique at the time. But also, at at any something that you get a lot younger people do is on the live uh, after death stuff. He's he's showing off so much. Yeah. Because I think he feels he has to. Yeah, and maybe he had to. Maybe he felt he had to at yeah. least. I mean, you know, like I said, because they get, you get these things where he's just throwing in. You know, you know, wailing is you know, you know, you know, these insane so wailing part bits and songs that weren't there initially, but he does it there that way because that's yeah. how he felt he had to do it. And I think, like for instance, uh, the trooper in that one doesn't he does the, he, the first chorus at least he does it quite a bit and it doesn't really sound that great. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, it's Ian, he's he's singing great, but that's not the song. But it's also, I guess, it's a cool thing about Life After Death that it's recorded so late into this massive tour, so you can hear the, that he he is worn out. Yeah. Like Bruce is not on, uh, let's say he's not on full health. If he was a character in a first-person shooter, yeah, he would be. It'd be bleeding from his eyes a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, so, Live After Death is uh, it's a cool album because you can feel the struggle a little bit in it. Yeah. But it's not my favorite Maiden live. No. And not my favorite version of Two Minutes either. I think actually it sounds better with three guitars too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's Live or Death has a sort of, it's th- that's one of the things where there's a more of a nostalgia around, and because you, know, you get people saying that. You know, it's the you know, sound one of the best live albums ever, and it's it's a cool yeah. album. It's it's cool. I I do enjoy it, but um, Rock and Rio is a lot better. We uh, like quickly go to Power Slave and and the vibe of that album. Do you remember when you first like um, maybe heard the entirety of it, the studio? Oh, uh, that would have been that would have been the autumn of two thousand one mm. when. Uh, because my, the girlfriend, the girl I was dating at the time, I had because uh, I had peace of mind, and I had I feared that our peace of mind brave new world. She had because uh, she happened to be a maiden fan. She had Power Slave and uh, uh, No Prayer for the Dying. Mm. So uh, my first time hearing it in its entirety was was at her place. Cool, cool. Yeah. And you remember if you had like a certain vibe from it? But. I mean, if it, it, it felt like um, I don't know. Interesting enough, even though I heard it for my first time hearing it was in you know in the fall it feels to me it has like kind of a summer kind of outdoors yeah. kind of vibe vitamin d yeah 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 um and then you get songs like you know power slave and that uh, yeah there's there's something kind of um yeah outdoor it, it makes me think of the summer just because it, you know i i don't i can't really explain it other than it just yeah. that's the way it sounds to me um summery dry hot yeah dry yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah and uh and athletic uh, full of vitamin yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. But like I say, it's it's a very kind of uh, like we said in the beginning, a very athletic kind of. Yeah. The funny part is that it's my seventh favorite of the first seven. All right. And still, it's so good. So I, I kind of question myself. I I, uh, I, I go back and uh, and second guess myself. Yeah. Could it really be the seventh best of the first seven? Is that possible? Well, I mean, you know that. Well, that's still good though. Somehow it is. Yeah, it's still great. Yeah. I mean, it's a. Uh, Probably five out of five, at least yeah, a strong four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the only the only track that I let's let me just take a look at that because I'm trying to remember. Booklet. Oh, this this is back. I can this yeah. is fine. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I think. Uh, well, here's a song because back back in the village is a song I for a while didn't really mm-hmm. like or it was fine, but now now I now I love it's it. It's a quirky song. Yeah. 
I love it, but it's a quirky song. The Duelist is kind of, it's, I mean, it's all good. There's nothing on this, you know. I didn't like the Duelist and Flash of the Blade when back in the day, but I, I like them now. Yeah. They have a great, they have great guitar uh, interludes, long as well. Like yeah. Minutes of solos and harmonies, and we'll get to those tracks yeah, eventually. Oh yeah, definitely. Some of them, some of them uh, probably sooner than others. But yeah. Uh, what more about two minutes? Like it's just a, it's, it's, it's just a staple song, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always there. I remember first time I saw them. Me and my friends we were young and naive, and we're like, "They're gonna play two minutes to midnight at two minutes to midnight." <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> we didn't I, know that Maiden never, they're never on stage at two minutes to midnight. No, not even back then. No, no, never. Like they they stop at. Uh, but but I think there was a naive. I also had that kind of thing where I'd be like naively assume that they could do that. They wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. they're big rock stars, and I mean, back in the day, rock stars could, yeah, play forever. Yeah, but that's that's way past now. Like it's like a military operation these days, a live show. Well, it's so on the clock. Well, yeah, but it's just so much, and I kind of miss sort of. That's what's fun. This last tour, I didn't, I had no idea what they were gonna do. Yeah, that was really fun. But uh, because I, there's a thing where you're, you kind of you kind of get over it when you get older, where you assume like if you like if you yell, yell out a certain song, they're like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> Yeah. Like if they haven't planned, they're not going to do it. That just, no, that's not how it not works. at all. Especially when there's so many, unlike for Maiden, there's so many. You know, there's six people who has to know the damn thing. In production, yeah, the so, backdrops, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. So there's no way they're going to just throw in a song that's not already on there. No, they always play the same set list. Yeah. Sometimes take away a song yeah. and replace it if they feel like it doesn't really work on the earlier gigs. And uh, small changes happen uh, like individually, like the way Adrian played Wicker Man, for example, on Legacy. Yeah. When we saw them in Stockholm, it was a very early gig, so he kind of played it faithful to Brain World. Yeah. But then, uh, as you will hear on on the Mexico version when it's released, he really made that solo, which is already one of the best Maiden solos, yeah. and made it even better. That's forward to the most with yeah. their live legacy. I well, want to hear that. I'm looking forward to getting uh, to hearing because I because I, I I want a proper version of Flight of Icarus. Yeah. Because I think that when I listen to the Live of Death version, it's fine. But I know how they sounded when I did it here, and I, I've heard live clips. It just he's, yeah. it sounds better now. A little bit overhyped, as you said. He's doing this like hey. Yeah, but he doesn't <laughs> like, now. Bring he's, it in. Now he doesn't need to, now he doesn't do that because he knows no. he's got to do it. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. For the greater good of God, I think, That's for me, cool. was uh, actually the highlight of the show, which is so weird, coming in there. It was not one of my favorite songs prior to that. I mean, a song I liked. Yeah, but, yeah. And then it comes in with all the bona fide classics, and I'm still like raving over that song. Well, it's, it, it, it is a good... And I think it's much better live than on, uh, on A Matter of Life and Death. I think especially Bruce's vocals. Uh, we'll get to that on that song, and yeah. maybe even compare it, but the way he sings the verses is much cooler 
now yeah, than on the album, and that often happens. It's normal. I was, I was surprised they did that and uh, sign of sign of the cross. Yeah, so two very long songs, two very long songs, and weird choices, but cool choices. Sign of the cross is a great song. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, well, looking forward to that one. That'll be a while as well. <laughs> that will be a while. Yeah, uh, you got. You have one more clip here. I think that we haven't done. And there's one with only drums that we may not have to hear, but it's cool because you hear how good they sound. I want to do a little bit of that. Yeah. But I'll jump in a little bit because well, yeah. uh, very natural comes out. All right, hold on, Jesus. There we go. I had this drum sound on a rec record I was making, I would be like over the moon. Yeah, wouldn't be able to sleep because my drum sound was so good. That, that's that, that's a really good. That's a magical. Yeah, again, it's Martin. It's cool that they get these. Uh, some of them get them from Guitar Hero games. Yeah, because you can get the stems from there. Yeah, uh, but I honestly don't know where they get this. It's just a good good resource. Yeah, because you can you can, you, you can hear when people. There's a lot of. Um, like if here you can you can find quite a bit of like isolated vocal tracks and stuff. Yeah, and usually there's a bit of bleed through because it's you know like you, you can hear some of the guitar from his headphones probably. Yeah, yeah, that could be the thing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, the I never thought that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's from the headphones uh, unless uh, unless they are playing together, which they sometimes do. But yeah. in these days, I think they tracked uh, instrument by instrument. Yeah, but everything uh, to a live to a live feel. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, I think they use click on Seven Sun uh, in parts at least. And then on one or two more modern songs, uh, Empire of the Clouds is with Click. Well, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but overall, never. We're going to get to that one pretty soon, too. Yeah, that'll be interesting because... Uh, That's I'm a very, I think, lots, yeah, yeah, divisive. And, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm not a fan. All right, I mean, I kind <laughs> of, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's not my favorite. When really? I initially heard it, I was, I did like it. Yeah. But I think I wanted to like it a lot more than I actually ended up liking it. Yeah, because you get this new, the longest Maiden song. Yeah. You know, for a long time it was Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner yeah. from the from the album we're at today, Power Slayer. But then uh, now there's two longer songs, uh, Red and the Black. Yeah, yeah, that's a long one too. Yeah, maybe that's around the length of. of the, the way I there, before there's uh, remember a few times that I was uh, on my way home um, late at night, and I'd have to take the night bus for a certain bit. And I remember a couple times I timed in. So there was 18 minutes till the bus went. Uh -huh. I know. Well, if I listen to Empire of the Clouds, when the, when the song's over, the bus will be here. Interesting, because so I, I, I did this. <laughs> I did this a lot because uh, when I worked in uh, worked in a school, I had to go to another subway line, another mm -hmm. metro line, and it's a walk about 15 minutes. Right. And I knew that if I had a little bit of uh, like, uh, I didn't give myself the time I needed, I put uh -huh. on Rhyme with Ancient Mariner. Yeah. And then I knew when it was getting uh, intense again at the end, yeah, I had yeah. to start running. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Because I knew that at the very end, the subway would leave. Oh, that's so, that's, that's, uh, that's fun. Yeah, you don't have to look at the time because you know you, where you, you know are. The song is. You know where you are yeah. in, in the Maiden song. So that's a good tip for all you out there. So, uh, will this song go on the playlist for you? Yes. Yes, me too. Very, yeah, very definitely, clear. definitely. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm not one hundred percent sure if it's there at the end, but I do believe it will be. Yeah, I think so too. And then at the end, maybe, maybe what we could do is at the end. We can, uh, we'll, you know, we we get the whole list well to go through it again, and you know, 
vote yes or no for the songs. It's fun with Maiden. There's so much material. So much. So much material. Good and bad and great and yeah. even greater. And I guess I would put this one in the category of great. Yes, me too. Yeah. So I guess that's uh, that's it for this. Yeah, time. that's it for today. Thanks for listening Thank and uh, sticking with us through Two Minutes to Midnight, yes. uh, single song episode because it's a big one. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, and uh, if you like I said questions and suggestions and all that stuff, get in touch with us at maidenazpod at gmail That's maidenaz in one word. You can also find us on other social media under the same moniker, Maiden Az Pod. All right, over and out. See ya.